Oiga, señor, we are federales. You know, the mountain police. If you're the police, where are your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. From the 1948 Warner Brothers movie, The Treasure of Sierra Madre, based on the book from 1927, Humphrey Bogart and Alfonso Bedoya. Humphrey wasn't going to surrender to just anybody. He needed to see a badge. My guest today is a longtime friend, Shauna Randolph of Shauna Randolph Communications in Edmonton, Alberta. Hello, Shauna. Hello, Doug. Yes, long, long, long time friend. How are you doing? Considering we're only, what, three hours apart, you're just up the road in Edmonton, so it's (laughs) got to be beautiful there today. It is. It is a beautiful fall day, the leaves changing in the River Valley. It's gorgeous. Of course, it means that snow's coming down the road, but we won't think about that. It's fall, and it's lovely now. Exactly. Exactly. Great for a walk through the River Valley. Uh, let me let me read some of your background. Shauna was a journalist and anchor with CTV Edmonton, also a co-host of CTV's Alberta Primetime News Show for five years. And aside from journalism, she's won awards for her communications work with the City of Edmonton and the Edmonton Humane Society, has worked with dozens of municipalities in Canada, and currently is the principal with Randolph Communications. Shauna is also a recipient of Edmonton's Woman of the Year Award presented by Consumer's Choice Awards for Business Excellence. We're friends, Shauna, so it, it hurts me to kind of say this, but you're you're kind of a big deal. <laughs> you think so, really? Uh, <laughs> well, I happen to have done just a few things in my 30-year career so far. A coach, you said, yeah, trained many, many others. But Doug, really, just like you have, you know, right? Yeah, well, and the biggest honor for me is that you and I are friends. So. Yeah. Aww. yeah. Shauna, the headline to this episode is a bit cheeky. The media doesn't stink, right? We're just sort of pushing buttons with that. But the point is, from a strategic perspective, gone are the days where we needed to rely on the earned media channels to get a story out there with impact. These days, we can kind of do it on our own. It's so true, Doug. Like back when you and I were cub reporters, the internet was just launching, right? Of course, social media didn't exist yet. Organizations really depended on either paying for advertising to connect with their target audience or generate some sort of positive news coverage to be directed their way. So I'm, I'm talking here, what, the early 90s. Few websites were out there at the time. We didn't even see blogs. We didn't have YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on and on. Really, aside from any positive news coverage, an organization or business would simply send out email newsletters. People just had to depend on the news media, really. Yeah, and you still see Hollywood kind of covering it that way, that where they're reliant on what's on TV or what's what's in the newspaper. There's there's a well-known acronym within public relations that you know, PESO, P-E-S-O, paid media, earned media, social media, and owned media. And this idea fits within owned. What are some of the benefits of being the author and the owner of your own story? Well, I think the number one benefit is that you can control your messaging. You can make sure that if your storytelling is efficient and engaging, that you can connect directly with your target audience. So if you pitch your story to a news reporter and are lucky enough that they actually cover it, of course, you're at the mercy of where they choose to take it, their angle. You don't have control over what they do with what you give them, your comments, your quotes, background information, and facts of the issue or the story that you 
hope to get out. So really, the other benefit is gaining your audience trust. In order to do that, you need to make sure that whatever you may generate within your own storytelling is factual, not spinned, that it's real, that you incorporate true people with real stories. And I love to see organizations embrace this brand journalism concept, Doug, and, and do well at it. For example, in the United States, there's the Mayo Clinic News Network. Yeah, yeah, you're, you know that. It's, it's a great website. It's target audiences, journalists, and of course, also general public and those in the health industry, but primarily journalists. And this site, it's so full of videos, pictures, text stories, you name it, with the human angle that's crucial for storytelling to resonate with an audience. And the folks who run the site, well, they basically do all the work a journalist does to put a story together for their media outlet for them. It spoon feeds those journalists by handing them people affected by an issue or new medical breakthrough. There's video, audio comments from those people, videos, pictures of them. And also then there's the background information. It's a fantastic resource for journalists and at the same time, the general public. But aside from that, more organizations are starting to do their own storytelling with their primary audiences being stakeholders, customers, clients, donors, you name it. And they're not just depending on pitching their story ideas to members of the news media, they're being their own journalists. So here in Alberta, take Covenant Health, for example, they have a great website. They have a newsroom section on there, which has some really good elements to help spoon feed journalists, but they also tell their own stories through an impressive website the newsroom links you to, and it's called The Vital Beat. Stories at the heart of Alberta's healthcare. It's full of digital print style stories, video style stories, really engaging. And the modern newsletter basically is, is what this is. So if a story that Covenant Health Communication folks pitch to the mainstream media doesn't get picked up, they're, they're still connecting with their audience on their own. And the style of writing that's involved here is pretty important, right? We're talking about stories, not information dumps, which organizations are all too prone to. Exactly. Absolutely, Doug. You see, I want to recognize some listeners may be thinking, you know, this brand journalism thing you speak about sounds a lot like marketing, content marketing, but it really isn't. Content marketing, it develops content related to your brand thinking how the brand can benefit from it. But brand journalism looks at how an audience can benefit from content that's already been created by the brand. So effective brand journalism creates stories that are factual, balanced, well-investigated, timely, and compelling. It isn't just an information dump. It has to embrace transparency. It has to have an understanding of news values, relevance to your audience. Uh, effective brand journalism uses a full range of multimedia. You have to have the audio, the video, photos to tell the stories. And here's the most important part. It has to invite a two-way conversation around those stories on social media so that you're giving your audience a chance to react so that they don't feel like they're being controlled. The, the irony in all of this is that you and I are former journalists. We spent so much of our time, well, in the 80s and 90s together as journalists saying, Come to our channel. See the info. The only place to see this information is here on our channel. Were we drinking the Kool-Aid then or are we drinking the Kool-Aid now? <laughs> I think, Doug, journalists are having to drink the PR Kool-Aid now, not by choice. 
So there's continuous cutbacks. Journalists have to do much more with fewer resources. For example, okay, back in the days when you and I were reporting, Doug, we had a three-person team when we had stories assigned to us, right? The reporter, us, camera operator, and an electronic news editor or ENG editor. Uh, so when we'd have a story assigned to us in the morning, the three of us could start brainstorming our angle and the visuals needed as a team. Then out in the field, the reporter and camera operator would work together gathering the elements the interviews, the video, all in the field. But then the editor would be back at the station going over any necessary stock footage that maybe needed, like the graphics as well, that sort of thing. And then that person would, of course, edit the story when it's ready from us. So on top of all of that teamwork to brainstorm, each person had just one responsibility to put that story together. But now many TV journalists have to do all those jobs on their own every day, like one person handling all three responsibilities. And that's just TV, for example. Radio and print or digital journalists also have to do almost everything on their own. Then they have to incorporate a video element in their coverage that they never had to do years ago. So basically what I'm saying is that with all this extra workload and with having to post social media all day as a story develops, a journalist sure loves when someone can do a lot of the work for them, present them with people to interview so they don't have to go searching for anyone or even give them video or audio from someone already interviewed and give them some good quality video or pictures they can use to tell the story with as well. And by doing this, someone has a much higher chance of their feel-good story being told by a journalist if they spoon-feed them, as I've said before. Of course, though, if it's a controversial topic or issue, a journalist will probably insist on doing all the work on their own for fear of being spinned. But just, just to set that picture of, of the reality now. Sure. If you can help them save time, um, they're much more likely to do the story and actually appreciate it. Well, if you're going to develop your own media or brand journalism channels, it's important to know traditional media communication styles, which have not changed and are still very important and relevant. The five W's who, what, where, why, and when. In this scene, from the sitcom Perfect Strangers, distributed in the 80s and 90s by Warner Brothers, Larry, played by Mark Lynn Baker, is educating Balky, played by Bronson Pinchot, the five W's of journalism. Now, to be a good reporter, you've got to know how to use who, what, when, where, and why, the five W's of journalism. What? That's what. <laughs> What's one? Exactly. Exactly what? Good. And who is another? I don't know. Who is another? Right. And don't forget where. Where what? That's two. What's two? No, what's one? Who is another? And you know where? I don't know where. Sure you do. What's giving you trouble? I don't know what's giving me trouble, but I know who is giving me trouble. No, who you got? Who I've got? And you know where? Where? Exactly. Exactly what? Perfect. Just a couple more and we'll be done soon. When? Hey, you're getting pretty good at this. <laughs> wow. No, no. Why? I don't know why. Well, you knew all the others. When? And where? Where what? And why? I don't know why! 
All I know is I was sitting here gluing, you came in, we did the dance of joy, you made some false promise about another balky, and now I'm totally confused and emotionally drained. Oh, what a great clip. I used to watch that show all the time back in the day, of course, dating ourselves here. It also reminds me of like who's on first with Abbott in Costello, right? Uh, yeah. Great tribute to it. Yeah. Well, good journalism hasn't changed. And we do have journalists who are really good at what they do. They are usually the ones that select politicians are saying are really bad at what they do. The financial declines in news organizations worldwide, the rise of channels for organizations to develop their own, like we're talking about today, former journalists like you and me promoting that organizations can use those channels. Do you get a bit sad for what's happening to our industry? Oh my goodness, yes, Doug. And it's all because of the steady decline in the commitment to local news, really. There are just so few resources for those in the news media industry right now. It's so sad. But as consultants, you know, coaching our clients, you and I, and all the other current PR professionals out there really need to continue adapting and continue coaching folks to be their own storytellers and do a great job of it because that's just the reality. And to do it right. We recently did an episode on disinformation, which is a real problem. How important is it for organizations who are going to develop their own journalism or story channels to tell not just the truth, but the whole truth? And nothing but the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very important, Doug. Everybody needs to understand that an individual, municipality, business, or organization's positive public re reputation is crucial and really important to make sure that they have the public's trust. So as communicators, we need to make sure we're sending out correct information and storytelling that isn't misleading. But it's also important for the audience member, the reader, listener, viewer, to make sure that what they're coming across on social media or the internet is factual. They need to do their homework so that they're seeking alternate sources of information, especially when they come across something contentious or controversial. And an honest organization shouldn't have to worry about being questioned when their own storytelling is delivered through their brand journalism if it's always factual and isn't misleading. Shauna, Randolph Communications, I know you're based in Edmonton, of course, but you do work all over Canada and probably even outside of Canada as well. Tell me about how things are going with your clients and, and if you've seen a change in the last five years and in how work is is un unfolds for us. Well, of course, in the last several months, as the world has turned upside down, a lot of my work has been uh, virtually still continuing to do my media training seminars that I offer to my clients regularly, but most of them done virtually. And it's 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 fun. It's actually a timely because a lot of media interviews these days are done remotely anyway. And there is a time when there should be a lot of training in person for those types of media interviews. But I think the norm even going forward when we get a little normal is that there are going to be more remote style interviews. So I've been doing a lot of that. And I've just been hearing from my clients that they feel it's more important now than ever that they are trying to reach their prospective clients, um, you know, just anybody out in the community to let them know that they're here. Of course, when you shut down and you open again, communication is vital. So I'm always coaching them now. Okay, don't just depend, as we've all talked about here today, on getting that media coverage. You have to use creative videos, put your your CEO out there front and center, a nice little welcome message you can put on your website, send out to social media. Be your own storyteller. Make sure you connect with your your audience on a regular basis now more than ever. Let them know you're there for them. 
I am so glad we finally got together to do this. We've been talking about it for ages. Shauna, thank you for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate this, Doug. And, and I love what you're doing with your podcast. This is such a great initiative. And um, I can't wait to see or hear who you're going to have next down the road. It's really good. Perfect. Thank you. Next time we get together, we're, we're drinking coffee or something a little spikier. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Shauna Randolph, you can email her at info at Randolph, and Randolph is L-P-H, RandolphCommunications.com. It's in the show notes. If you liked what you heard today, we're hoping you choose to subscribe to Stories and Strategies and receive updated episodes automatically. We're also hoping you choose to follow and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're listening on. And would you do us a favor, recommend this podcast to one friend. If you have an idea for an episode or just want to tell us something, send us a note at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.